Hey everybody, welcome to the Sex Actually Podcast. It is your boy, Dave Neal. I need a better intro. I don't really uh, hype this thing up too much. I don't want I don't want one of those like crazy intros and then you and then you find out I'm at a parking garage in West Hollywood and the sound sucks cuz I have the air conditioning on in my car. Uh which is exactly the case right now. It is uh I'm in a parking garage. It's 89 degrees inside. The fuck is going on in Los Angeles with global warming? Anyway, uh this episode, you know, I jump all over. Sometimes I'm at I'm at home doing it with Tasha you know, the, my lady, she co-hosts, and then sometimes I'm on the road talking to comedians. And then more often than not, I'm just talking to myself. That seems to be the thing that I've been doing the most recently. And uh, you know, what's crazy is I've gotten more emails in the last several months doing this than I have in probably the previous two years. So I guess we'll keep doing a little bit of that. Uh, don't get me wrong, we'll be doing some uh, <clears throat> comedian interviews too. I know you guys like those, but this is a solo episode. I got a couple emails to catch up on talk to you guys. I'm in my car and I got a uh, nice iced coffee. By the way, I have I have napped in more parking garages recently than I ever have in my life. Is this a strange thing? I mean, LA is such a big city. Sometimes I'm like in between one job heading to another or like right now, like I don't have uh, any stand up for like three hours. So like I'm going to go, you know, get a refill on my Starbucks, go up to the gym, upload this episode. But sometimes, you know, you need a little shut eye, you need 30 minutes. What do you got to do? Close your eyes, you know. I like to take the uh, headrest off the seat so like my, my head can lean back and uh, I like to snooze. So if, you've, if you're ever stuck in a parking lot and you walk by a white Toyota and you think you see me, just knock on the window. I'll have you as a guest. I'm doing iced coffee with coconut milk. That's the only way to do it. I grew up on dairy. I had bad skin. You know what I did? Moved to Los Angeles, switched to coconut milk. You know, I did a little bit of that soy milk, but I'm afraid of getting the uh, bitch tits, as they call them. I think that's a politically correct term is bitch tits. You know, I, I don't need any more estrogen. Man. I already live with a girl. I don't need more estrogen, which I'm pretty sure just by living with a woman makes you less manly. I'm pretty sure there's something about being a bachelor being alone or living with other dudes that like keeps that that alpha rank position like like it just l- listen to me even thinking about it gets me all fucking like ready for war i'm like yeah like living with dudes you're all sharing each other's protein shakes and your nivea men's facial moisturizer and your one guy's on tinder and we're coaching him on how to send his text messages it was a, it was a good life living with other dudes you know you, but then again you know, dudes come and go. What are you going to do? You know, you got to live with a lady. And uh, boy, I posted this photo on my Facebook. I, uh, I, my girlfriend for her birthday, her mom sent her a few pillows. We have 11 pillows on the bed. There's literally more pillows on the bed than space for like a small child to sleep. And you know what you got to do? You got to take every fucking pillow off the bed before you go to bed. So it's not like I'm sleeping on some big, awesome bed of pillows. No, we got to move all the pillows off the bed. God forbid one of them touches the floor, like the flo- like it's like a Walmart bathroom floor. No, I keep my floors clean. I swear for the shit out of my floors. <clears throat> Excuse me. Anyway, so my estrogen's a little peaked by living with the lady. I got she's always has a hair straightener plugged in somewhere. Like it's it's it really is a shock to me that we haven't lit the house on fire yet considering the amount of electrical currency needed to be a woman in today's society. I mean, she's got the hair straightener. 
she's got she's got the hair blow she'll just leave the blow dryer on on the bed you know on top of nine of the pillows she'll just leave it on and and you know i i the funniest thing in the world i i came home once and uh i went into the kitchen and the sink was running and i was like babe uh the fucking sink's running and she was like, "Oh shit!" Like she, she'll she'll just forget she's doing something. I love. I mean, I'm probably guilty of it too. My mom was the same way. Like Tasha, she'll leave. Uh, I'll let go to use a microwave, and I'll find I'll find a water in a mug. Like she was clearly microwaving some, you know, you know, heating some water for tea from like 72 hours earlier. And she's like, "Oh, I forgot I was doing that." <laughs> I love it. But living with someone, you learn. You learn how much of a shitty person you are. We talked about it a few episodes ago how, you know, I accidentally leave a flip-flop somewhere. For me, it's like I like to keep my shoes on, and then all of a sudden, I, you know, I sit down to watch some TV. I got to kick off the old dogs, and then what are you going to do? It's like torture trying to put that shit away at the end of the night. I'm sleeping. This bear goes to sleep. He doesn't have much movement. Well, let's do this. I'm going to read through a few emails, and then uh, we're going to talk a little bit. But, boy, we went on a crazy vacation this weekend. We went on a... We went on a lake boat. I've never been on a houseboat before. Houseboats are basically just jacked up pontoon boats, right? They don't really move much. Like they go like two miles an hour. This houseboat was 15 feet wide by 60 feet long. Three stories. It had a slide to go out the back. So like in the morning, you want to go just jump right in the water, just hit the slide, you go right out. The thing had a sound system. It had like a 16 speaker sound system. And then it had a jet ski and two, uh, like one cigarette boat and this other boat that, that uh, was for ski, uh, water skiing that had like a Corvette engine built into it. I'm like, I'm thinking like, this is like if a redneck won a hundred million dollars, this is what, this is what you would do. We go to Lake Shasta, which is eight hours North of Los Angeles. We drive straight up there 4am in the morning. We just uh, leave Thursday. We go Thursday to Sunday. So we went four days. And Lake Shasta is right on Mount Shasta, which is a standalone volcano in California, which is considered active, even though I don't think it's like blown a load in 250 years. Tell me about it, like being in a long-term relationship. Old Mount Shasta over there, he's like, oh, am I going to spew some today? Uh, not with uh, not with her consent. Anyway, it was a ton of fun. It was, uh, it was a blast. It was interesting going, uh, you know, there's other couples, there was parents. It was, it was, we got our own bedroom, not that... Not, not that I had any chance at scoring because what I've learned is uh, if there's any chance at uh, neighbors hearing us having sex, Tasha is not into it. Like we went on vacation with her family once and like she would not even, she would barely sleep on the, uh, in the same bed with me. You know, she, like she's like afraid that her parents know that she's an adult who's having um, sexual intercourse, which is, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe, I mean, but like with parents, that's, I guess it's, you're still like always thought of as actually this is leads in well to the uh, first email that i got as parent parents they you're you're you have this imprinted sort of like vibe where they still think you're 16 years old so even though tasha's like a grown lady she's an adult like when i first went to her her parents you know in uh, kentucky i had to sleep in a separate bedroom i think for the first two trips i had to sleep in a separate bedroom and i was like you know what whatever no big deal. I slept in a twin bed. There was like Noah's Ark wallpaper. It was clearly like the, you know, a kid's bedroom back in the day. And uh, after after two uh, visits back, I think they let us stay in the same room together, which is nice. You know, like they finally gave, they were like, all right, this guy's sticking around. I guess he can st- stick it in you. Anyway, so I got an email from uh, this guy. I don't remember what, what, I gave him a fake name. So 
last time. I, I think we called, I'll call him Mark. Mark, e- Mark emailed me and came to a stand-up show and he talked about that his girlfriend's moving uh, to Boston for, uh, f- you know, for her education. So she's going to be there from four to eight years. And this guy, he, uh, he doesn't know what to do. He lives in Orange County. How do you make it work? Like the long distance relationship sucks. And I was like, in my advice, you know, was like, dude, if you want it, you know, try to get a job where she goes. I mean, you got to swallow a little pride if you want to, you know, but if she gets a job in Boston, you know, make Boston work, see if the relationship's worth it, you know? And if it's not, if you're like, you know what, I'm just going to let her go. Then a hundred percent of the cases you made the right decision because you let her go. So clearly she wasn't worth it to you. So anyway, he wrote me back. So let's see what he said. He goes, Hey, thank you for your advice. I think it helped. I was able to talk to my girlfriend and we were going to try to make it work. I think I'll most likely end up moving out there to Boston after I'm done with school, but we'll have to see. I've still got another year or so before I need to decide. She moved back to her home up in the Bay area just last week. Uh, okay. So in the summer she's in the Bay area. So that's still like long distance. That's like a seven hour drive. Also, to answer a few of your questions, my girlfriend didn't get accepted into too many schools, so Boston was her best option. I think she would want me to go to Boston, but she knows how important my family is to me. So she hasn't said she needs me to stay here or there. See, that's the problem with girls is that they don't want to be the one who makes your decision, which I get because you don't want any resentment built in. But it's also like, you know, I mean, if you want the guy to live there, just say like, hey, I'd love for you to live here. But then again, she's trying, you know, she knows your family's important. She doesn't want to think that she's as important as she is. But hey, she's important to you, right? You're thinking about moving across the country for. Now, to add in to more interesting topics, I met her parents last week as well. Oh, you, didn't even, you didn't even meet her parents yet? That's crazy. Her parents are very protective of her and have high standards for her partner. And so they were very judgy of me, especially her mother. They want her daughter to marry another doctor or someone with a PhD rather than a quote-unquote lowly engineer. So my question to you is, how do you deal with parents who are unsupportive of your relationship? Have you had any experience with this sort of thing? Thanks a lot for your advice, Dave. Can't wait to hear some more podcasts. Um, uh, yeah, dude, absolutely. Parents don't like you, right? They're all, because they, they have the highest investment in their daughter or their son. The, um, there's no guy that's going to walk in and impress the parents right away. So you have to deal with it like it's a game because it is and just win them over. And the fact that they think you're a lowly engineer, it's like, God, imagine if they, you know, imagine if like what they, what they would think of me, <laughs> like you're a lowly podcaster. You don't even have a studio. You're in a Toyota. You're in a car right now podcasting. How does that work out? How much are you worth? Uh, so they want her to marry a doctor. Well, look, what's wrong with an engineer? She could use a little structure in her life. Hey, folks, these are the jokes. Um, look, I think you just got to wear down the family. I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, it, this is an Asian couple we're talking about. An Asian parent's probably seem tough. Tiger mom, you got to be kidding me. Moms want, they just want the best for their kid, but they can't get out of their fucking way because the best thing for their kid is a happy and loyal partner to love them and provide for them and, and all that jazz. And you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that if you just settle for a doctor because she wants a title. Oh, really? Oh, great. So you just, she's just going to want you know, to you know, find Grey's Anatomy. That's going to make her daughter happy. But in the end... What she wants the most is for her daughter to be happy, protected, uh, have a reliable, steady thing. You're in college still. You're just not going to be able to give 
the mom all the assurances she needs. Quick story though. My sister um, was dating a guy named Sean and he was older and he had been divorced and he was, um, he was an accountant. But then when they met, he was working in a restaurant and he started dating my sister and they lived in South Carolina and my family's from Rhode Island and my parents were not happy that she was dating this older guy. Now, spark notes here. If you know anything about this podcast, I have a much older father. He passed away, but my mom had married an older guy. My mom was in her early 20s. He was 35, right? So, of course, my mom doesn't want the same thing that, you know, my my mom doesn't want my sister to do the same shit that she did, but that's, hey, the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. You know what I mean? So anyway, my sister, uh, she was unhappy. She was in South Carolina. She was unhappy, and um, she just didn't know what to do, so she moved home. She left the guy. And she missed him. She was heartbroken. She stayed with me a little bit when I lived in Boston. She was miserable. She was in love. But she also loved her family. So she had to move back to their family. My sister's a really tight-knit, needs-the-family-close-by type of girl. Got to respect that. Um, Well, Sean, her boyfriend, he was like, fuck it. I'm going to move back to Rhode Island for you. I'm going to show you that I can provide. He loved her enough to want to go fight for her. You know what I'm saying? He was willing to put everything he had on hold, pack it up, and move. And he didn't have much. You know, he didn't have much, but he's a hardworking guy. He moves to Rhode Island with no job, no place to stay. He stays somewhere else. My parents wouldn't let him stay with my sister. They wouldn't let them stay together, even though my sister was in her mid-20s and he was in his 30s. They wouldn't let him get back on his feet. So he actually stayed with an aunt on her couch briefly, and then he got a job, and the job provided him with an apartment, and then he got another job and another job, and guess what? They got married, but not before he asked my family for their approval, and guess what? He didn't get it right away. He didn't get my stepdad's approval. The whole family thought that this guy was like not right for my, my sister, which is insane because she's pregnant with her fourth child with him. <laughs> so it worked out. But he had to work his balls off to prove to the family. And you know what? It's kind of fucked up because he shouldn't have had to do that. You shouldn't have to prove to a family that you're good enough. You should have to prove it to yourself that you're good enough. So, so take my advice here. Don't worry about what the parents think. As long as you can look yourself in the mirror, know you're working hard, and you know you're providing the best you can. It doesn't have to be monetary. Support, love, encouragement, making her be the best version of herself, you being the best version of yourself, the parents will come around. And that's for any relationship. They will come around. They just need to readjust what their idea of their perfect scenario is. So it might not be doctor and doctor, but God forbid your, you know, your daughter marries an engineer. That seems pretty well off. Anyway, so dude, you're on the right path, man. You know, you got to, it's all about the communication and and in, in, in having the respect to talk to each other about where you're moving and what you're doing. You know, like if I got a job in New York tomorrow, I'd have to have a talk with Tasha and be like, hey, we're going to make this work. All right, well, I'm going to fly out. We're going to ha- do weekend. We're going to do whatever. We're going to make it work for each other because it's important enough that the family and the relationship stays in- intact more than any check could provide. Trust me, there's, n- there's no amount of check that I could slide into that ATM that's going to cure my sadness from not being with the ones that I love. So it's about compromise. It sounds like you're doing all the right things. So don't be too hard on yourself, buddy, okay? I mean that. And I know you're in your like, young 20s. Don't be too hard on yourself. Parents, parents they, they just don't understand. <laughs> parents mean well. 
they mean well. So don't hold them accountable for their own guilt and things they want to put on their kids. They don't know any better. And they really don't. And we look at these people and, you know, they're in their 40s or 50s. They're probably doctors, whatever. You think they know everything. They don't know shit. It's 2017. This is a world we're living in. They're living in the past. So they don't know any better. They just want what's best for their daughter. And it might be you. And right now it's you. And then all you can do is, uh, is just, you just, like I said, just be happy and just work hard. Work hard at all the things you can do to make yourself the best you can. All right, we got an email. Let's call this, uh, let's say from John, um, um, uh, Masking Identities. He goes, I'm new to your podcast, and I started listening in April. The more I listen, the more I want to write in. My que- uh, First, I'll give you a bit of background info. I had a normal dating life. I had the same girlfriend all through high school and some college, five years and all. After that, I kind of just stumbled into a relationship, the kind where you start hanging out, and the next thing you know, you're living together that went in for two years. It just didn't work. I was 20. She was 28. Wanted different things, and I was still young and foolish. That uh, makes perfect sense to me. She was 28, and you were 20 years old. Oh, that must have been nice, dating a 28-year-old. She's buying your alcohol, (laughs) getting you the old Coors Light. Here we go. Then we come to uh, uh, we come to when everything changed for me. Uh, for a few months, uh, sorry if it sounds like I can't read it all. Uh, this is uh, written a little uh, backwards here. Few months being single, I was in a bad car accident, breaking my neck and leaving me partially paralyzed from the neck down, leaving me in a wheelchair. Not telling you this for sympathy or pity. Well, in the rehab uh, re- rehabilitation center, I met another woman and got myself caught up in a mess that went on for around a year and a half. But since then, I have been single over six years now and feeling more lonely as more and more of my family and friends get married and start families. I'm a pretty outgoing and funny guy. I can talk to almost anyone about anything, but I can't seem to talk to women that I'm interested in. Don't know why, but I become shy and don't know what to say. Being in a wheelchair has only made going up to girls harder for me. But lately, I have been trying the online dating thing, Tinder, and uh, plenty of fish. I've made matches on there but I have high standards. Some say it's girls out of my league, but I like what I like. But anyway, this brings me to my question. My question is, how do you date a woman who has kids? How many dates should you go on before the kids meet me? I feel it should be four or five at least so we know ourselves if we are going to start a relationship or not, just so the kids don't get attached. Only asking because I haven't been in the situation personally and my parents are still together. Thanks for your uh, info. Uh, Thanks for your help. Keep up the good work. Uh, okay, look, wow, that was a lot. So you're, so you're, uh, you're paralyzed, huh? Jeez, you're still in a wheelchair. Is it permanent? Are you in a wheelchair permanently? You had permanent neck damage. I'm sorry to hear that, buddy. Uh, good for you, uh, first of all, for, uh, f- for just, uh, for getting out there. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, you say you're lonely because your friends are starting families, but you're, you're seeking the thing that you're looking for, which sounds very simple. Uh, but a lot of people aren't. A lot of people give up. I had a buddy, a buddy of mine, um, fuck it, I'll say his name, Miko. And <laughs> I'll say his first name. Miko, like after college, he got a job and um, he wasn't really dating. He had like, he wasn't like, uh, he was very shy with the ladies. And, you know, I don't know. He just like kind of, he, he just got a, he got a dog and he made a lot of money and he bought a house and he had a dog in a house and he was alone. And he actually sublet one of the rooms to his uh, buddy and his buddy's uh, fiance. So he actually had um, was watching a relationship like prosper in his own house. And then they moved out and started their family and he was left alone. And he's, uh, he's one of my best friends. He's a great guy. But you know what he did? He took a few years 
you know, things slowed up, slowed for him. Wasn't really dating. But uh, he got back out there, and that's important. You can't look back and say how much time you're wasting. Regroup yourself. Be the best version of yourself and get back out there. Now, what that means for you in a wheelchair when you're going on these websites where they literally, like Tinder, they're literally judging you on your looks first. Dude, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Just you got to find somebody that likes you for who you are and you, you have a lot of you know, physical barriers to that just because a lot of women aren't going to want to deal and go, oh, geez. You know what I mean? But you're... It's, it's, it's in, in reverse, you've got a woman who has kids. So a lot of dudes don't want to deal with a woman who has kids. So you both have sort of layers where, you know, you got to deal with each other's shit. It's baggage. It's baggage when it's your own illness or disabilities. It's baggage if it's the other person has kids. Baggage is baggage. If you got HPV on your butt, it's baggage. Uh, don't go near my ass, anybody know. Uh, so... It's how do you deal with it? I think you hit the nail on the head. You just you don't want to meet the, the 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 girl's kids until you got something. And I, you said four or five dates. You know, maybe, what's the rush? What's the rush? Do you know what I mean? Get to know her, fall in love with her, and the kids will love you, and the kid and you'll love them because they'll be you'll see the beauty that she created with them. Uh, I I honestly think four or five might not be enough. Um, you know what do I know? I've never dated a woman with kids. Um, so I, I, I honestly don't know, but I would be scared out of my mind because my initial uh, thought, you know, growing up, you know, without a dad is always to like, be, like befriend these kids and be, but then they get, they really do get attached. I had a neighbor when I lived in Harlem and she had a five-year-old son and he was always coming over, hugging us and, and like, he, he loved us. We were like his big brothers and that was great. But then I moved and I don't like, don't, it's just kind of heartbreaking. So I'm not saying you know, in your, in your case, I'm not saying don't avoid the kids because it might not work, but just give it time because if it, if you give it a few months and then you have this added trust between you and the girl, then the kids will know that they'll feel that. Um, interesting questions though, man. And let me know, like, uh, how, how's plenty of fish working for you? I don't know too much about that site. And, um, I, dude, I'm sorry about this accident you had. That just sounds, you know, it's, you know, I know that you're, you're cautious not to have pity given to you but how do you not you know whatever issue i have today i got my two feet i got a working body sometimes i bitch about my neck you know my neck sore all the time but i don't have um you know i don't have a disability and for that uh, it makes me feel bad that i'm like even you know people listening going oh shit yeah my life's not too bad is it you know we all got shit that we're working through so good for you man good for you for emailing in and just sharing your story i appreciate it thanks so much and i got one more i'm gonna read here i got one more story real quick We'll get into, um, it's from, uh, we'll call it, oh, did he say not to use his name? I don't think he said. We'll just call him Ben. Uh, This is from Ben. He goes, hey, Dave and Tasha, at risk of falling into the lurker category on the next episode, I figure I'd write in. That's right. For all of you assholes who are listening and haven't written in, sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com. Let's hear it. Let's all share each other's stories, right? Isn't that important? We all think our lives are crazy. We all think we've got this, you know, unique story of sadness or whatever's hat working or not working dude we've all been there we've all cried in the middle of a fucking carl's jr parking lot you know what i mean we've all gone to wendy's drunk and uh you know i don't know what we've all done it we've all done it we've all 
gone on a date with a girl named Caitlin, and then we got too drunk because we were nervous, and then we tried to kiss her before it was socially acceptable, and then she didn't think you liked her because you were too drunk and didn't take it seriously, and you're like, no, I did like you. That's why I drank so much, because I was nervous. Is that too specific? Anyway, I figured I'd write in. I really enjoy the podcast and it helped me deal with some of the shit I've been going through the last few months. The solo episodes often give me the drive I need to get going on Mondays and the, ep- and the Mondays and the episodes where you both host always crack me up and give me something to think about. A year ago, I ended a two plus year relationship and even though I was the one to end it, it still left me pretty messed up. I learned a lot from that whole experience, but it's taken me a while to, to feel comfortable with the idea of dating someone again because I don't want it to burst into flames. In my last relationship, I had let things go too long and it took multiple close friends and family to finally sit me down and say, dump her to get me to make a move that I ultimately do not regret. It's unfortunate the relationship ended, but after a while, I felt less like I had a partner in crime and more like I had a codependent. I most recent, in most recent months, I've started to also really resent where my career was headed and felt like it was time for a change. In a few weeks, I'll be moving to Virginia to start at a job that six months ago I refused to even apply for because I felt unqualified. It took them cold calling me. It sucks leaving my current city that I've lived in for seven years and all my friends, but I think this is the right way forward. When I accepted the position, I was really unsure of what I was doing, but I remembered you saying, leap and the net will appear. Sure enough, I found a high school friend in the same city, so I'll have at least one person to identify the body if I get hit by a bus. Oops, sorry, was that too dark? <laughs> Not at all, man. You need a good wheelchair? I got a guy who can help you out. Oh, that's shitty. Uh, <laughs> not sure where I'm going with this, but wanted to reach out and say hello and share a bit about what's going on in my life since you guys are so open on the podcast. Take care. Signed, Ben. P.S. Dave, hope you're having fun sorting through those dick pics you invited in the last episode. No one sent me a dick pic. I haven't got one yet. No tits either. Ladies, tits, men, dicks, get in my way. Uh, more tits than dicks. Uh, anyway, Ben, this fucking email is loaded with good stuff. I know you're I know you're a little hesitant, but man, tell me about that feeling. Tell me about that feeling when you go, I can't move to a new city. I'm comfortable where I am. And then you have that thought. You have that thought and you go, Maybe I can move. And you go, fuck. Right? Is this how it goes? And you go, Oh shit. No. And yes. And no. And yes. And you go back and forth and you go, what the fuck is stopping me? A dead end relationship that everyone agreed. I was just supporting somebody who didn't love me. They just needed me too much. They weren't adding value to my relationship. Your close friends and family, it helps you end it. You know, and sometimes when people tell you to dump somebody, they just don't understand the true story. And sometimes they understand more than you do. Right. And they got to help you rip off the bandaid but you don't regret it and that's important. Now, the fact that you're moving to Virginia, first of all, the most beautiful girls in the world live in Virginia. I mean, you are in for a happy, uh, just go to a Target, right? Go to a Walmart even. I bet you there's smoking hot girls at Walmart in Virginia. Probably some dumpsters, but hey, what are you going to do? You said it sucks leaving your current city. Yeah, man. It does, but you know what? It, you know what? When you say it sucks leaving my current city, what you're saying is growth is painful, and that is true. Growth is painful, but the world is conspiring to make that growth work for you. You've already found an old high school friend 
that's going to live there. You Literally, it's nice to have a friend, just one. It's nice to have one friend in a city you're moving to, but you don't need it. You could literally go into a bar, and I've done this before, and trust me, I know it's hey, well, easy, easy enough for you to say, dude, trust me, I don't like to bother people. I don't like to talk to people that I don't know. Um, with stand-up, it's easy. You came to a show, you got to see me, it's easy. When it comes to going into a bar by yourself or a restaurant, whatever, man, it's tough. But you've already, you've, you're already doing the hard part, which is a mental like commitment to change. And it doesn't mean what you have right now isn't working. It means you found an opportunity and you're going to take it. And the whole rest of your fucking life is being altered because of this decision you're making to move to Virginia. I think it's great. You said you were really unsure of what you were doing. Leap in the net will appear. You didn't need to know what you were doing. You just need to know in the moment that you were making the decision. And so many times in life, we put off decisions. We wait years. And they always say, like, the best time to invest in something, <clears throat> excuse me, the best time to invest in something is 20 years ago. That's what they say. The second best time is today. And the same thing goes with the relationships and the relationship with yourself. The best time would have been 10 years ago. You don't have it. You got today. So if you're thinking about becoming a poet or whatever, get the fuck in line. You only get one world as far as we know. And you think you're too old because you're 28 or 34. Dude, I know know people in their 60s that got into stand-up comedy. And people think they're absolutely crazy. But you know what? Or like dudes that come out of the closet after, you know, they, you know, had a family. And actually, you know, they're in their 50s. And they're, hey, hey, guess what? I'm gay. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, like, yeah, you weren't really living your authentic life. But you, you, you couldn't make that choice beforehand. And you could now. And we celebrate that. And we celebrate you for making the decision. Who else is out there? Sexactuallypodcastgmail.com. Who else is out there that is in the process of making a change? I want to hear your success stories. I want to hear what you're afraid of. It's, it's natural to be afraid, right? I had to make this decision to move back to LA. I already lived here once. It was an utter failure. This time I made the decision. I was asked to open for a comedian. And my first thought, I was in Harlem. My first thought was, no fucking way. No way. Why? No, no. And then the more I said no, the more I was like, no, no, maybe. Why should I? Okay, let's go. <laughs> oh, fuck, what did I do? And I have to have a going away party. I miss all my friends. You know what? It's a fucking long ride, this life. It's a long ride. But you, you just zigzag your way to where you're supposed to go. Who knows what's in Virginia for you, man? Who knows, right? But hey, you know what they say? Virginia is for lovers. So not sure where I'm going with this is what you said. I know where you're going with it. Going to Virginia. So I'm happy for you, man. Good luck with that. I think I had one more email we're going to go through. Did I have one more? What's this one? I did, I did that one. I did that one. Did I miss something? He said he didn't. Oh, yeah. No, 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 listen. Anyway, all right. Th- these are, these have been great. And you know what? You know, I appreciate the people that say, hey, thanks so much. You know, like I, I really appreciate what you're doing. Dude, I appreciate what you guys are doing. I mean that. I appreciate what you guys are doing, being a, a voice on the end of this microphone. Because I hear you. I'm reading these emails. We had the lady who wrote in who used to live in California, and now she lives in, uh, where does she live? She used to live in California, and now she's, uh, we have Mary, right? Mary lives in Virginia. So guess what? Mary from Virginia. You got any advice for Ben who's moving to Virginia? <laughs> what part of Virginia are you guys moving to? Huh? Should we do a viewing party? Should I do a show over there? Speaking of shows, 
do a little promotion. Uh, this episode comes out, uh, today's July 11th. It's going to come out in a couple hours. So if you're in Santa Monica, I've got a show Thursday, July 13th. I'm hosting that show, so I'm going to do all new stories, talk about a bunch of bullshit. It's a ton of fun. Lachlan Peterson, uh, or Lachlan Patterson, is uh, headlining. Uh, he's from Last Comic Standing. It's going to be a ton of fun. That's West Side Comedy, 8 p.m., the 13th. Uh, the 17th, I'm at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank. And guess what? I'm, I'm going to the East Coast July 21st to the 29th. I'll be between New York and Rhode Island for stand-up shows. Uh, so that's where I'll be. If you if you want to come see a show in New York, I'll try to get you tickets. Uh, Rhode Island, it's going to be a fantastic show. Ton of fun in Newport. Um, and it's also a family reunion for me. So, of course, I'm starting to get f- nervous and weird and sentimental because, you know, I moved across the country. I feel like I've just ignored some of my family issues. You know, the every time I go back, I see my younger brothers getting older, growing, becoming men. And then I see my parents you know, getting older, growing, becoming old. And it fucking freaks me out because there really is only one day at a time. And I just can't imagine where I'll be when my mom's not there. And I don't talk to her every day, but, um, you know, it's weird. The older you get, the more, you know, I don't know, you value the people that raised you, your siblings, things like that. And um, I always feel like I'm not enough when I go back. Anyone else have this issue? I just feel like they want everything from me and they always want to hear my success stories. But it's such a struggle out here in LA, you know, that unless I'm on like a fucking sitcom, I don't feel like I'm going home with any, uh, you know, any of the bread. I don't feel like I'm bringing home any of the bread. And that's all I want. I always say that, like, all I want, you ever think of, like, winning the lottery? All I ever say is, I just want to, like, win the lottery and, like, and, like, rent a cruise and take my family around. You know what I mean? I just want to do shit. I want to be able to finance the things that bring my family together. And there's no reason why I can't, you know, I'm going to this reunion. My family will be together. So like get my shit together, Dave. But I don't know. It's just, it's that feeling where you just want to be able to provide. My younger brother, Jack, 14, right? I got him, uh, my family's notorious. Like they're not cheap people, but my mom, they're kind of cheap with name brand stuff. Like I grew up with like the shitty Payless sneakers. And then when I finally had the money to buy my own, like, you know, Nikes or New Balance, I realized, oh shit, you know, there's some good quality stuff out there. Like, you know, it makes a difference. I had the, the New Balance sneakers where like the tread would go thin and like I'd be playing dodgeball and I would be sliding like I was on a French tennis court on the clay. You know, like the Velcro shoes. You know, they, they were like, they, they weren't Adidas. They had like four stripes. So they were like knockoff Adidas. Anyway, my, my brother is big into hiking and Boy Scouts and things like that. And I got him a Columbia, uh, what are they, what's the brand? Columbia? Like the, it's like a nice hiking shoe. Anyway, I got it for him and like, you know, whatever, like I didn't even get to see him open it because I just, you know, I didn't get to spend Christmas over there with him. And I tell you what, I fucking love these guys, man. It's really like, there's just so much fucking love out there for my family. And you wonder how much they actually know it. And I know they know it. I know they know I love them. But it was great that like a year, maybe a year and a half after I got him these shoes, he was still talking about them. It was because they were, you know, they were like the first, you know, and if you can go mountain hiking shoes, they're like, you know, cheap shoe. It's one thing to have cheap sandals versus nice sandals. It's like minimal difference, but a good hiking pair of shoes. I got them a nice pair of shoes and I'm like, part of my thing is like, you know, I want to, I want to rise up in my career enough where I can spend 
some crazy money and not think about it, but provide for my younger brothers. And, you know, we always talk about breaking things down, you know, as far as, um, you know, animalistic terms. And it's like, I just want to be, I just want to be the guy that can provide for his people. Not all people, just my people, my brothers, my girl, my kids when they come, my, my parents. And I'm not saying that I just, you just have to keep your, uh, you just have to keep true to yourself, work as hard as you can, be nice to each other, and those rewards will come. So maybe I'll look back on this episode later this year or next year or a year later with some fuck you money to buy my brother some good shoes. You know what I mean? To like fly him out here just to visit me for the weekend and not think twice about the expense. Because money to me isn't about showing off in a way that's like, you know, crazy nice car just so they see me pull up to the valet. No, I live in a small, humble place. Tasha and I like to travel. Money to me is about bonding the experience. It's about bringing each other together, the ones I love, just to be a part of something. So I'm actually, I, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to go home to this family reunion this summer because, you know, like I got money to make out here and things to do, but I have to keep on reminding myself, who cares if the flight is a couple extra hundred bucks because it's prime season? Go. Is that going to matter, you know, down the line? What's more important, the memories or the cost of the flight to go see your own fucking family? Take this, take this how you want, you know, if it's with relationships, what's worth more to you? The bottom line of your career or finding, a, finding someone to love that loves you back for all the dumb shit that you guys get to do to, do to, do to each other, <laughs> do with each other or to each other, lock each other up. Fuck it. As long as you have your safe words. But you know what I mean? So keep searching for that. But the only way for me to provide for my family, for my loved ones, for the dog, the only way to really provide for them is to take fucking care of myself. To take care of myself, to be the best, really stretch to be the best version of myself. And you guys are going to see that too. And I know you already have for those listening. You found success. You found the family. You found whatever it is. You build a strong ass totem pole. You're a, you're a base. You're, you, let, you let the world, the positivity and the things come to you because you're a magnet for success. And that's something that's out there. And we all possess that. And that's kind of the little secret that we always search for with enlightenment and all these other things. Is it material su- success? Hey, that's not bad. By all means, go on the houseboat. Enjoy, enjoy, uh, and enjoy some of the rewards of other people's hard work, of course. But just supply your own. Supply your own for the next person. You know, pay it forward. And that can only happen with a healthy body, mind, and soul that we make ourselves. No one else is going to give that to us. No one else is, you know, take my brother-in-law, right? My family didn't necessarily give him permission to be with my sister. He had to work for it. He had to prove to them. But more importantly, you know what he did? He proved to himself. And now he's got kids that are learning those lessons. He's on, you know, my sister's pregnant with her fourth, right? So he has kids who are learning these lessons of his hard work, determination, uh, understanding that not, not everything's given to you and you got to work hard for it. And who, and who knows, maybe I'm beating myself up and I'm hard on myself for not being on a TV show or on this or touring around the country or the f- most funny 32-year-old out there. Like I'm on my path 
And I hope that my 20-year-old brother, I hope my 14-year-old brother, I hope they can see, oh, shit, Dave jumped and the net appeared. He did it. It, it wasn't easy. They can see my struggle, right? They can see how hard it is. Got to live on the other side of the country. I feel like I'm in a desert right now, and I fucking am in a desert. But spiritually, sometimes I feel like I am in the middle of fucking nowhere while my whole family, and they all have their shit together. But we just have to remember that we are working on becoming the best version of ourselves, and there will be so much love and abundance to share. But that love and abundance is there right now. You know, we can always pick up the phone call and let the people we love know we love them. Of course, that's all true. I don't want to set any limitations here. Everything we need, we have now. Okay? So if this episode wasn't the funniest, I apologize. But I think we're cool, right? I think we got the hint. We got the note. We're going to keep sharing stories, some from you, some from me, some from people I interview. And we're going to keep figuring our shit out. And the reward is going to be a better understanding and we're going to be a little easier on ourselves. So dude, you know, with the, with the girlfriend whose parents don't think they love you yet, just take that smile, right? Just smile. Like, I'm going to show them. But spoiler alert, you're going to show yourself. All right, guys. Well, look, this has been a good one. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you have anyone who needs to listen to this, you know, just send them a link. Send them a link. What the fuck do we have to lose? Send them a personal message. Hey, my buddy Dave's got a podcast called Sex Actually. No, it's not just about sex. It's about relationships. It's about gender. It's about how we all relate to each other. It's about family. It's about love. And you know what? It's not super serious. It's kind of fun. We get a little serious, but what are you going to do, right? You're listening to your car. You're doing your laundry, whatever. What are you going to do? I appreciate your time. I appreciate all that I've written in and written reviews. If you haven't yet, you're lurking, and that's okay. You're allowed to lurk. About 95% of you lurk, but for those of you that have written in, I, I, can, I can literally visualize a map and think of all of you across the country and across the world. From everywhere, it's Shanghai, Egypt, Florida, Vancouver. Some of you follow the Instagram, Sex Actually Pod on Instagram, or my personal one, D-Neals, D-N-E-A-L-Z. Um, You'll see the photo I posted of Tasha passed out on the eight-hour car ride. Clearly, the funny thing about her, like, she needs so much sleep. Like, like at 4 a.m., I'm driving the car, and I get she's going to sleep for a little bit, whatever. And she probably, she probably didn't even sleep half the trip, so I'm just being hard on her. But she gets into that passenger seat. If she's not the one operating that vehicle, she's like a uh, – you, you ever see a cowboy – um, you know, do that thing where they, uh, that shoot off that they do where like two cowboys, they'll reach for their holster of the gun. She gets in the car and she does the same thing, but she's reaching for the recliner, uh, lever on the seat and she just goes straight back. Every time we've ever gone out drinking or, you know, I'll be sober driving, whatever. And she'll uh, get in the car and immediately just pass the fuck out. It doesn't matter if it's a three minute ride or an hour long ride. She's like, wake me up when we're there. Anyway, we're there. So. Excuse me, got some nasal issues here. It's not from crying. I've, uh, it's from drinking this iced coffee and my pollen allergies. But anyway, we're going to let you guys go. But again, share us with your friends. Uh, who knows who needs this? Is it for you or is it for me? This is therapy to me. Uh, people have written in and uh, suggested books that we can read. I got that jungle book. What's it called again? I got it right here. Oh, hold on a second. It's in the back seat. I got it. I know it's for for Tasha, but I think I'm going to read it first. It's called It's a Jungle Out There, Jane. Understanding the male animal in your life. Oh, boy. Here I am. There's a male animal, right? Just a uh, typical male animal alone in a car. 
talking to myself. Uh, I'm going to go read that book. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I think it's important to read books meant for the opposite sex. Like, am I really an animal? Maybe. Maybe I need to read it. And go, oh, shit, I am an animal. I don't know. If the worst thing I get out of my relationship is that Tasha wants me to be more cleanly, then that's great. Fine. You know? I'd rather make the change than have her just nag me for the rest of her life. Like, if, if, if the biggest issue we have is that she wants an organized sink, then knock me out. I'm going to organize that sink. Anyhow, I hope we organized our lives today. I'm, me- I'm meandering now, so I'm going to get out of here. But again, thank you uh, thank you so much for the people that have written in and uh, for those that have written a review. If you haven't yet, it does make a difference. The more reviews, the more people uh, uh, watch this, listen to this, download this, the more we get on the front page. There are days when our, our, our downloads quadruple. And the only thing I can attest it to is there's an algorithm there are literally thousands of types of podcasts out there. So for the, you know, for the 15 to 20,000 downloads that we get a month, I thank each and every one of you. Thank you so much. When I look at the podcast app and I see the number spike because someone related to an episode, that makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm not alone and that, there, and that there's actually people on the other end of this line. And you guys are there. And now that it's become these, more of these one-on-one or these uh, solo episodes, I'm actually getting to talk to you, Samantha. In Illinois. What if there is a Samantha in Illinois? Please write in. Anyway, if you haven't yet, uh, you got you to gotta write a review on iTunes. If you uh, listen on any other app, just go to the iTunes app. Go to the uh, podcast app on your iPhone or on your calendar, whatever. If you don't have it and you have a friend who has an iPhone, go to theirs. Search sex, actually. Hit the icon. Hit write a review. And then just uh, leave us a quick note. Love, obviously. Only write a review if it's going to be five stars. Right? I had a lady try to get her to write a review. She was like, it wasn't for me. Two stars. Hey, go fuck yourself. Anyway, you all go fuck yourselves and um, fuck those that you love. <laughs> and uh, again, for those that are coming out to the stand-up shows, it's uh, so cool. It really is. It's so cool when some of you guys come out and say hi and we can make each other laugh and tell stories. I appreciate that so much. So anyway, uh, be safe out there. Ask me any questions. Give me any advice. Let's make it. Uh, let's make this more of a revolution than a one-sided conversation. Sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, have a great rest of the week, and we'll catch you soon. <laughs>